Welcome to Stack in the Box podcast right here with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how are you? I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk ball. I uh, I was up till about 2 o'clock in the morning getting getting uh, stuff done, uh, wrapping everything up, doing the podcast, doing some radio stuff, doing some writing stuff. So a little tired, a little tired, but um, overall surviving. How are you? <laughs> good. Same. Only two. Seems kind of early. You know, that's usually about the end of my Sunday nights. So I like to get to bed a little earlier on Monday night. Didn't happen. But uh, look, in the end, we have a lot to talk about. At least it was an entertaining game. At least it was not one of these games you sat up and like, uh, who cares? A lot to get to. Yeah, surprisingly, I didn't crack open a book to try and go to bed after this game. I was too wired. So let's get into it. Monday night football, Raiders at Arrowhead. Chiefs come away with a victory, 30-29. to 29. First off, what was your initial takeaways from this game? <laughs> the Carl Sheffers <laughs> and his crew probably don't need to work another game. I think we're good. I think, look, Chiefs fans and Raiders fans, I think after last night, can agree on three things. They hate the Broncos. They dislike the Chargers. And Carl Sheffers and his crew never need to work another football game for the rest of their lives. And that game... Look, everybody's going to focus on the Chris Jones penalty. And, like, look, rightfully so. Of all the calls, that was the most egregious. The Raiders have their own cases for some things in that game that were ridiculous. Okay, you could argue the Devontae Adams catch. I know you and I actually both believe it should have been called the catch. Um, I know by the letter of the law, it's probably not. So, I don't know. I mean, you do it that what you will. I thought the holding call on the Raiders on that field goal attempt was <laughs> – a stretch, to say the least. Um, but then also, there was a hold. There was a, a hold on Chris Jones that was like WWE would have blushed. And just no call. Like, like it was one of those penalties. I believe it was the left guard who, like, if they had thrown the flag, the left guard would have been like, "That seems fair enough, right?" Like it was so blatantly obvious, and they just didn't call it. It was. It had to be the worst officiated game, as Mike and Swede says in the chat, I have ever seen in my life. Has to be. I mean, very rare is a game where both teams feel completely screwed by the officials. That game checked every box. So that was my initial reaction. And even some of the pass interference calls, where you're just sitting here going, you're rewarding the quarterback for having a noodle arm, for underthrowing guys. It was just frustrating on both sides. But I will say this. I don't think Carl Shepherds wants to go back to Arrowhead either. That dude sounded like a 12-year-old who's going through puberty. I mean, he picked up the flag because he goes, I'm going to have a riot. Block in the back. Yeah, that was that was rough, man. I was laughing when that happened in real time. I tell you, we were talking about before the show. We were both trying to figure this out. The Chiefs, after that Chris Jones penalty, they were called for two penalties, and both of which were before the snap, and you had to call them. That was it. Like I, I tweeted it. But I really believe this. Like, very, very rarely does a crowd genuinely, truly impact the game. Like, yes, you get a false start or delay a game. And that, if you're a crowd and you're a home crowd, you feel great about that and you should. But last night was one of the few games I genuinely feel like it, it affected the officials in that game. Like, the second half of that game, I don't think they want to call a penalty at Kansas City. I really feel that way. Like, it, you could see and you could hear Cheffers. He wanted no part of that. He had to be – somebody reported that before halftime, they, they needed the police around him to get him to the, the locker room. I mean, that 
that was a wild scene, a wild scene last night. And uh, you know what? I, I do think that that crowd, I think the best thing that happened to the Chiefs in that game was that penalty to Chris Jones. As weird as that sounds, though, it was the best thing that happened to him. It pissed them off. It woke them up. It woke the whole crowd up. That game was bonkers last night. And I think really, in a lot of ways, as bad as the call was, I think it helped Kansas City long term. Yeah, I had some people messaging me who were both at the 142-2 game and then this game, and they said it was comparable. It was just rocking. It was nonstop booing, and it got the Chiefs fired up. Matthew Wright with the absolute stones to drill a 59-yarder before half gives some sort of – some semblance of momentum going the Chiefs' way. But I do want to give the Raiders some credit. I almost feel bad. They're 1-4. They have to be one of the best 1-4 teams, maybe, throw NFL history, just looking at what they've done. Uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are starting to get really connected. We'll talk about Devontae Adams and his debacle later on. But that last pass was just dropped right in his arms. Max Crosby was an absolute game wrecker. And you're sitting here going, how are they one and four with Josh Jacobs destroying teams on the ground? I mean, the Raiders do need some sort of credit, but they just seem to choke away games. Did the better team, like, and I don't mean overall, I mean, I think everybody would agree the Chiefs are the better team. But last night, just last night, those 60 minutes, did the better team win the game last night? I think the Raiders played their A game, A minus game, and the Chiefs played about their C game. I, I mean, that. The Chiefs were not bad. They didn't have turnovers. They they made a couple of silly decisions. The the third and three deep bomb to McCall Hardman. Uh, they had some things go against them. But the Raiders played about as well as they could have played, and they still came away with the loss. I think the right team won the game, but I agree with your assessment that the Raiders, by their standards, played a much better game than the Chiefs did. Otherwise, I mean, look, that that's somewhat obvious, right? I mean, if that wasn't the game, if the Chiefs had played as well as they could have played, they would have beat the Raiders by 20 points. I will give the Chiefs credit, though, in this regard. Like, you get down 17 nothing at home in a Monday night game against a division rival and a desperate one. That game can go sideways on you in a, in a major way. I mean, that's the kind of game where you just, you know, hey, every once in a while you have some weird game, you get blown out. And Kansas City ended up finding a way to come back and win the game. And I also, look, I had a lot of questions and a lot of problems with the way Steve Spagnuolo called that game. I did not think that that was a very smart game plan. Um I guess Steve Spagnuolo a lot of credit for the last play of the game. For the one and a half, and Spags was like, we are not getting beat with a run. We are blitzing everybody. And if you're going to beat us, you're throwing it over the top. And they had Joshua Williams on Devontae Adams, and yet uh, Hunter Renfro ended up being the Chiefs MVP by running into Devontae Adams. So, uh, Which, by the way, that, that leads us into after the game, right after the game, speaking of people running into Devontae Adams. So you then had a crew member in the NFL go across the, the mouth of the tunnel, if you will, and crossed in front of Adams. And Adams gave him a two-handed shove and sent him to the ground. Now this staffer, according to TMZ, has filed a police report uh, you know, claiming bodily injury here. So he had to go to the hospital afterwards. Obviously, the injury is not life-threatening. Um do you think Adams will be suspended? Do you think he should be suspended? I think one game is fair based on what we've seen. The Mike Evans sort of set the the baseline, in my opinion. 
it was horrible what Devontae Adams did. There's zero room for that, especially not even a player, not a, not a coaching staff member. We're talking about a photographer, right? That's just asinine. Devontae Adams has to keep his cool in that situation. But I, I feel like one game, one game feels like taking him out for four-plus games, to me, yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems excessive. One game seems to be the right number. One game I think is right. First of all, I, we talked about that on the podcast last night, the Arrowhead Attic Post Game Show. I agree with you. Like, Ev got a game, and he pushed the cameraman uh, after he was ejected for fighting. Adams, I think, should get one game. You can't, Listen, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You cannot push somebody and knock them. To, especially, look, life is not created equal, okay? If somebody who is 5'5", and 130 pounds pushes somebody, that's different than Devontae Adams doing it. Like, the result is going to be different, okay? If if my wife, who is 5'1", and I won't say her weight, but tiny, okay, if she shoves somebody, that's different than if I walk down the street and shove that person, okay? It's 6'2", and 235. It's a little bit different. I've got some force behind it. Adams. Humble brag, by the way. Humble brag, my God! I'm trying to get to about two fifteen. Um, <laughs> you know, although, although you know, you, boom. Uh, but in any event, listen, I, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that, right? I mean, you can't. I, I and I don't want to hear him after the game. By the way, which he did. He said, "Well, you know, I, I apologize." You know, the guy walked in front of me. Like, who cares? If he walked in front of you. You have to give him a two-handed shove. Like, you have to give him a, a forearm shiver. I mean, like, what are we doing? He, he should be suspended for a game. And, and if they want to find him on top of that, I'm fine with that too. After that, I think you're getting too far. I know somebody said, uh, Cheeto Freak said, well, Willie Gay got four games for smashing a vacuum. Yeah, man, he did. But, A, we don't know every detail about that because we didn't see it on camera like we did with Devonta Adams. B, there's a wife and a, and a – or I shouldn't say, excuse me. There's, there was an ex-girlfriend, I believe, and a very small child in the house when he did it. That's different. I'm sorry. That's different. I'm not going to get into this whole like well, Willie Gay got screwed over. I, no, no, like, I, first of all, they're different things. Second of all, like, Adams is unto himself. I believe you should get a game. You want to find him? Find him. Fine. And it is what it is. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Getting into next week, the Bills dismantled the Steelers. It was an absolute drubbing. Josh Allen going off. Uh, the wide receivers have a phenomenal connection. What was it? Gabe Davis. I don't have it right in front of me, but three catches, I think 171 yards and two touchdowns. That's that Randy Moss stat that used to always get thrown around on Twitter. Right. And that's Gabe Davis. That's what happened in that game. So bills chiefs next week, bills are actually favored in Arrowhead. I believe it's the first time in Mahomes' career. He is a home underdog. What's your initial thought process here? So, it is the first time he's on the dog. Uh, I think that that line is going to get a lot of attention from the Chiefs internally. 
I think, you know, that that's your, your three point dog at home, your Kansas City. Like, I have a lot of respect for the Bills. I picked the Bills from the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with that prediction, by the way. But that's a lot. Of, like, that's. That that would that would suggest if the Bills were at home in this game, they'd be a nine point favorite. Bills are, the Bills are a nine point favorite at home against Kansas City. They're a six point favorite on neutral field. That seems like a lot. That seems like an overreaction to that the Bills pasted what I think is the worst team in the NFL right now in Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh is thirty two on my power rankings. Pittsburgh is awful. The two weeks prior to that, the Bills are down twenty three to Baltimore. Give them credit; they came back. They won the game twenty three to twenty. And then lost to Miami. I think the Bills are really good. I do not think the Bills should be favored in this game. I think this game should basically be a, a pick em. I think it should be a, a coin toss of a game. For me, this game's really easy to break down. If the Chiefs tackles block the way they did last night, the Chiefs are going to get smoked. If the Chiefs tackles block the way they blocked against Tampa, I think the Chiefs will win the game. Because the one thing in this game, Buffalo's secondary is really beat up. And they've not been challenged very much. I mean, think about who they've played this year. The Rams have no offense. The Titans have no offense. The Steelers have absolutely no offense. Baltimore has an offense, but not a passing offense. They're not a team that's going to beat you through the air. And then the Dolphins, look, they have great receivers. The quarterback's average. This is the first time, and by the way, none of those teams can block anybody with the exception to some extent of Baltimore. This is the first time now where you're getting a real offensive line, and you're getting real, real passing weapons with a top-tier quarterback against Buffalo. I think if the Chiefs block in this game, I think the Chiefs are going to throw for a lot of yards and they're going to score a lot of points. My question is, I don't know if they can block on the edges. If they can block, I think they will roll up 30-plus points. But I, I think that's what the game is to me. I really do. I think that is going to determine who wins and loses to a large extent. Yeah, and I don't want to just say, though, Buffalo hasn't played anyone because you play who's on your schedule. I mean, that end of the day, that's what it is. Same things with the Eagles. It's like, what do you want them to do? You want them to lose? Do no you want them to not destroy these teams? I mean, they destroyed and dismantled the Steelers. That is what you're supposed to do. Yep. I mean, the Chiefs lost to the Colts, which we have to take a step back and say, wow, that was yep. a massive loss. The, the Bills dominated against the, the Miami Dolphins and found a way to lose that game. I do think the Bills right now are the best team in the NFL. I don't think it's you know, as drastic as if Buffalo played in Buffalo, they would not be nine point home favorites. Let's be real here. I, I know the, the thought process and the mathematics that goes behind this, but I don't think it's nine points if they played in Buffalo. I, I don't have a major issue with what's it, two and a half? Three. Three now. I mean, again, I, I wouldn't take it personally, but I can see where Vegas is coming from. Oh, listen, if you're Vegas, I get it. Because I bet you anything that line's betted down throughout the course of the week. That's going to be one of these. Like, the Sharps are going to bet that thing down to, like, one or something. But you know what? Listen, I agree with you, by the way. And I'm not – don't take me wrong. I'm not saying that the Bills deserve to be knocked for their schedule. It is what it is. They, they've won the games, and, they, and they've dominated the games. Like, the Bills deserve credit for that. They've, three of these games have been comical blowouts, okay? The Chiefs have only blown well, – I would say Chiefs bought two teams. I mean, Tampa, they they were never in any doubt. They they were up three scores the whole night, and they, they destroyed Arizona, okay? My argument is not that the Bills deserve any knocks, because they don't. The Bills have been awesome. My knock is – or excuse me, not my knock. My, my argument is I don't think the Bills defensively have played a team like Kansas City. 
And if the Chiefs can block, I think they can take advantage of a weakness that other teams have not been able to take advantage of. Tredavious White is is not there. Micah Hyde is not there. They are beat up. Kyer Elam, for being a first-round pick, has barely been able to get on the field. Like, other, like my point is, Tennessee's not going to take advantage of that. Pittsburgh's not taking advantage of that. The Rams, I thought, might be able to at the beginning of the year. Clearly, their offense is in tatters. Like the, the Chiefs can take advantage of that if they can block. That is my point. So, I think with Kansas City, the other thing is, too, these are not divisional games with the Chiefs and the Bills, but it feels like it. <laughs> they see each other so often. They know each other. It's a funny thing because I feel like the Bills have the the motivation in this game, right? 13 seconds and all that all that shit, right? Everything. The Bills are going to come out like a house of fire. I think this line gives the Chiefs a lot of motivation because you know Mahomes is going to see it. You know he's going to. And you and I both know one thing about Andy Reid. They will have their A script in this game. This will be one of these, like, they have been waiting to unleash, like, 20 <laughs> plays in this game. So – I think it's going to be a great game. I don't blame Vegas for favoring Buffalo. Buffalo has been the best team in football. I agree with you through five weeks. But I don't think the gap is very large at all if there is a gap between Kansas City and Buffalo. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. We'll talk about it more, obviously, as we get closer to this game. But the main takeaway, I completely agree, got to be the tackles. Orlando Brown Jr. cannot perform like he did against the Raiders. Andrew Wiley had a great second half against the Raiders. Give the dude credit. He He, he He stepped up. But that first half, Max Crosby was working him over. That cannot happen. Hopefully, Trey Smith coming back can shore up the offensive line for Kansas City. Let's look into the future. Number one, who is the second best coach in the AFC West? I had to throw this on the run there because I was thinking about this. And it, and it really, like, I really thought about it for a good, like, five minutes when I was at the gym earlier, which is probably not the best way to, to work out. Humble brag um, again. Uh, no, so you're just talking about okay, Popeye. Come on now, Popeye. <laughs> yeah, Popeye. Yeah. I, you know, you know, it's emasculating when you go to the gym and you do a bench press, and you feel like pretty good about it, and then you go to unrack the weights, and the next guy comes up. He's like, "No, nah, it's cool. Just leave it on." <laughs> Throws on some 45 yeah. on the side too. He's gonna warm up with it. I just maxed <laughs> out. And you're like, all right, yeah. Like, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the bike now. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it was a shame. Uh, look, so, but I was thinking about this. I think the obvious answer would be Stanley. But I really thought about it more. So here, here's what I've gotten to. It cannot be Hackett. Like that much we know, right? Hackett's like the eighth best, best coach in the division. So that leaves you with, it's got to obviously be, if you have Andy as number one, I think everybody knows, you'd have McDaniels or you'd have Stanley. And I think Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach by any stretch of the imagination. Like the man is six and twenty-one in his last twenty-seven games as a head coach. I think I would take him over Brendan Stanley. Did you see the Chargers Bron- the Chargers Browns game? Mm-hmm. That decision yeah. to go for it. Like, and if I had to listen to one more person, so help me God with analytics. No, it's actually the right decision on fourth and two from your own forty-five, up by two. I mean, has anyone seen Jacoby Brissett play football? Has anyone seen the Browns? Like, you punt the ball there, and you make the Browns go, what would it, you know, 50 yards, 55 yards to kick a field goal, instead of having to go 10, okay? But the Chargers, relentlessly the Chargers, until the end of time, were like, no, 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 we're good. We're going to go for it. And Eckler, 
who's averaging, no exaggeration, 10 yards a carry, doesn't get the ball and they need three feet so they can throw some, like, quick skinny post to Mike Williams. The ball gets knocked away. They're bailed out because Cade York stinks and misses two field goals. Look, I think it's got to be Josh McDaniels. If you said bet on your life, pick one of these two coaches, I think it's him. But, man, the AFC West, the coaching is just brutal. I'm going to go with Staley at number two. Okay. It's for sure not Hackett. McDaniels has not shown me enough. The thing with Staley, I understand he gets knocked a lot for the analytical approach for being extremely aggressive. But we also have to remember that that game against the Chiefs last year where the tight end uh, was Darnold Parnum yes. knocked himself out on that, on that play. I mean, that was a touchdown. But then people complain because it wasn't a touchdown because I mean, that's a great play call. That was a good play like, call, like, good yeah, execution. Just, I mean, sure. that's not on him. Even in this game, I don't necessarily completely disagree with going for it in that situation. I would have punted it, but you can make the case for going for it. It was a horrible play call. You're right. Give the ball to Eckler. Or you have Justin Herbert don't have only one option to go to on that play. He was forced to go to, I believe it was Mike Williams in that situation, because that was the only guy who was running that route. He was forced to throw there. Let Herbert do what he does best. I don't necessarily have a major issue with Staley. I think he will get better with time in the NFL. I think the aggressive nature he possesses will behoove him as, as the, his career goes on as a head coach. I didn't hear anyone complaining when they beat the Chiefs last year, the, the first game. Remember when when they were very right, analytical right, going for no one said a word. It's only when it doesn't work. I, I get it. I it's a results oriented business, but come on. I, you know what? And our, our producer Sean Daly does a great job, by the way. Thank you, Sean. Says he's overrated because he gives good sound bites. I completely agree with that. Like I the media loves him because he just goes up and he says all these like cute things in a press conference. Now that being said, I don't have any problem being aggressive. I like aggressive coaching. There's a difference between aggressive and and arrogance, I think, sometimes. And sure. that fourth down, I don't mind it against the Chiefs because you have Mahomes on the other sideline. Like, I get it. I, I totally get it. If you're playing Kansas City, I understand where you're like, man, we're not giving them the ball back. Like, I get it. It's Jacoby Brissett. He just did one of the worst picks of all time at the drive before that. Like, make him do something, by the way. Um, and people in Kansas City will get this. I'm not from, obviously, Kansas City, but I, I know of this place. Worlds of Fun tweeted out that they have permanently banned Devontae Adams. <laughs> For people un- unfamiliar, it's a it's a theme park in Kansas City. That is hilarious. Um, what about Oceans right. of Fun? Come on now. Oceans of Fun, get in on, get in on this. Yep, you step up. Double down. <laughs> Worlds of Fun is permanently banned. I'm sure Devontae is distraught over that. Um, but yeah, now, uh, but it, my point was, by the way, th- on Monday night, we have Hackett and Staley in what should be an all time <laughs> chess match. I am, I am pumped for it. As, as Jeremy said as well, actually Jeremy exactly said chess match. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Jeremy. That is going to be an all time. Like you think you're going to lose this game. The hell you are. We're <laughs> going to lose this game. This is going to be an all time match. I can't wait. I'm going to get uh, some popcorn. A few Casey beer. I'll be good to go. Let's get into into the future number two. Who should start the Eagles Cowboys game for Dallas? Dak or Cooper Rush? Dak if he's 100% and only if he's 100%. 
Like, it's a big game. It's important. But if you're Dallas, it's on the road. You can always break back and win the other game. You cannot put Dak out there before he's ready. Cooper Rush, to be fair, look, this idea that it's a controversy is insane. I mean, Cooper Rush completed 10 passes on Sunday. Stop it. Okay. But I would I would not screw with this if I'm Dallas. Again, unless Dak is 100%. He's good to go. He's good to go. You play him. But otherwise, I would I would let Cooper Rush start another game, rely on the defense, and go from there. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be 100%. Even if he's 90, that's not Probably good enough. Not. Yeah, you, you you have way more to play for if you're Dallas. Uh, Cooper Rush has done a phenomenal job at least keeping you in ball games, not making the major mistake. You sit at four and one. NFC is not very deep, not a great division. Go with Cooper Rush one more game. You, you know that you have bigger aspirations if you're Dallas. Even with Dak, Dak Prescott, it's an uphill battle trying to beat the Eagles who are flying high right now. Yep. Just just in my opinion, it is not worth it to potentially cause a long-term injury or a dig yourself a deeper hole throwing Dak Prescott back in there. Right. I agree. No, I, listen, again, if he's ready and he's fully healthy, play him. But if he's not, then, yeah, no, you can't – you cannot trot him out there and he either doesn't play well or gets hurt again. Can't have that. So, if, if, if he's not 100%, it's Cooper Rush on, on Sunday Night Football. Let's get into the future number three. Do you believe in the Giants as a playoff team? I got to tell you, I, I kind of do. And I didn't before London. Uh, but here, so for a few reasons, I don't think the Giants are a very talented team. I don't. And that's not to denigrate and knock them. It's just the truth. I think they're a team that's playing a little out above their, over their skis right now. But look at their schedule and tell me they can't, like in the NFC, let's put it this way. Do you think nine wins get you to the playoffs in the NFC? Yes, I do. I do too. Okay. So here are some games I think they either could win or should win. The Texans at home. The Lions at home. Washington at home. The Colts at home. Washington on the road. They get the Seahawks on the road. They get Jacksonville on the road. I mean, you're telling me they can't win five of those games? I I did this myself. They're playoffs. I had – I had them at eight wins and just missing out because of the schedule. Um, Brian Dable deserves a lot of credit. I don't think we've – this has been one year where we could probably say head coaching has made such a difference. You can point to certain teams, Jacksonville stepping up, the Giants stepping up, the Jets to an extent, not being a complete dumpster fire. And then you look at teams who should have been good, who are a disaster, uh, whether that is the Raiders, the Denver Broncos, to an extent the Chargers – Head coach makes a difference. Yes. But but Um, Daniel Jones at the end of the day is the quarterback. I still don't have full trust in him, even with some of the weapons the Giants have. Saquon Barkley looks very healthy. I mean, those quads by himself are just gaining and churning out yards. But defensively, do you believe in the Giants? Uh, Again, no question. I'm not arguing that the talent deficit is real. But again, if I ran these down to you, do you think they beat the Texans at home? Yes, but so I just myself, but that's saying you're they're going five and two in these ball games. They're going five and two in the you know coin flip games. That's a lot yeah, of things going well, their way. I guess maybe that's where you and I are. I don't think they're coin flips. They should beat Houston. They should beat the Lions are awful. They should beat the Lions at home. The they Lions are putting up thirty five points per game before they ran into New England. I don't think the Lions are a great team, but if you said the Lions or Giants, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, give me the Giants just rolling with them. I think it could be a little close game. 
Fair. I mean, fair. But the Lions are also giving up about 50 a game. So, I mean, that that's also a problem. Um, I mean, the Eagles at home, look, that's a tough game, obviously. Dallas on the road, That's I don't expect them to win either of those games. Or, or the Eagles on the road, of course. But, like, to me, the Colts at home, the Lions at home, the Texans at home, the, the Commanders at home, like, to me, they should win those games. And then you're looking for one other win. I mean, look, your position is not crazy by any means, but I, I just I, – I think they'll get there. I think they will find a way to get the nine wins. And, and you know what? No matter what, I think Dable is going to be a really good coach then for a long time. Yeah. He, he has turned them around. Wink Martindale, love him as a D coordinator. Got Kafka in there. Um, as Cheetah Freak brought up in the chat. I, I really like where they're going. I like what they're doing. And if they get a quarterback, they're dangerous. Do we do a little bet here? Sure. You have them making the playoffs. I have them missing. I don't know what to bet on. I'm not much of a. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to figure it out. Maybe, maybe when I come to KC next time, uh, one of us will have to buy the other one at a steak dinner. Love it. Ooh, or maybe, I'm maybe in dinner and just spend like $150 on whatever the hell we can find. <laughs> I'm this smaller thing. than you, man. I'm five ten one seventy. I feel like it's a bad deal for me, but okay. I'm confident. Look, I'm it, confident. Includes, it includes booze. Oh, if it includes booze, you're dude. We'll, good, we'll love the field. Good luck. Hey, uh, yeah. Keep that whistle pig coming, please. Uh, should the Panthers have a fire sale? You know, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I think they probably should at this point. Now, now look, th- that said, they shouldn't just have one to have one. Like, some of these teams, I feel like they feel like they're supposed to. And then it's like, yeah, we know this guy's a second round value. But yeah, fourth round is the best we can get. Sure. No, I, I, I don't think it should do that. But if a team comes calling with a late first or real early second for Brian Burns, like, I'm probably listening. And I think Brian Burns is excellent. And he's young, and he's on a rookie deal. But like, they need picks, man. They need as many picks as possible. Now, you could argue Burns. I think Burns is the one guy you could argue. Like, should they just keep him? He's probably the most controversial. But if they can get rid of Christian McCaffrey, even if they got to eat money, to get rid of him, get rid of him, move him. I, I know there was a report that's been rebutted since, uh, but it, it was like the Bills are in on Christian McCaffrey. I got to tell you, if I'm the Bills, I'm not going after freaking Christian McCaffrey. Like, I'd, I'd rather have DJ Morf on the Bills. Chris McCaffrey's going to play four games when he's at full health. So, I mean, but if I'm them, look, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, right tackle Taylor Moten. I'm, I, I mean, I listen to all these guys, all of them. Like, Burns would be the one you'd have to bowl me over on an offer, and I'm not trading J.C. Horn. Everybody else, man, make me an offer. Because they need a quarterback in the worst way possible. I mean, they need a. They, do you think there's any team that needs a, a quarterback more other than maybe Denver? Should have gone for Geno Smith. What? <laughs> Should have gone for Geno Smith. Should have done it. Or Drew shame. Locke. I think of Denver with Drew Locke, they'd be pretty Locke good right now. Be better. It's unbelievable. No, I. I mean, Carolina desperately, desperently needs a quarterback. Sean and the, and the producer says Washington, which is totally fair. Carson Wentz stinks. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, Carolina, if not number one, they, they're right there, right? So, I think if you're Carolina, like, you need to almost build up as much draft capital as possible because you might have to trade up. You know, like, you got to do whatever it takes. You, you can't win with this. This is crazy. Darnold and Baker, P.J. Walker. Oh, my God. It's, it's brutal. Unless you get absolutely blown away with Burns, I, there's no chance for, for me because you try and draft and hit on guys like Burns. You I agree. Draft those guys, young, controllable. Right. DJ Moore, you just signed to a, what, three-year, 60-mil contract. Uh, based on wide receiver numbers right now, 
you might as well keep him. That's relatively cheap for a youngish, very talented wide receiver. Uh, but again, if you get blown away, you do need to do that. But they might get the number one draft pick anyways. If that's the case, right. there's your quarterback. Right. Um, then you don't have to trade away your at least pieces. McCaffrey, though, I'm with you. He has to go uh, money-wise for a running back. That's going to that's gonna handicap them for a while. Yeah, we agree for the most part. Like, I agree with you with Burns. They would need to get an, an offer that just they felt like, hey, look, it's, it's too much not to take. Let's uh, speak of too much to take. Let's bring in Heisler. Let's bring in Ben Heisler. Uh, coming in, uh, of course, managing editor at bet, at bet sided, uh, back for another, another week of, of debauchery. Uh, it is uh, week six. I can't believe we're already to week six in the NFL season. I feel like I say this all the time the NFL season just flies by. Uh, first of all, how you doing after last night's game? And uh, how you doing looking forward to the week, uh, week ahead? Yeah, last night's game was fun. It's uh, one of those games where you always are looking to try to get the right number early, right? Because you know, at one point, this line was sitting at 53 and started to come back down. So if you jumped on it uh, right around 53, uh, all of a sudden you, it, it's more of a push, I think, than, uh, than getting in on the earlier side. Um, weird game, right? I, I, I think all of us were expecting the Mahomes performance. And we had talked about it too on Thursday, Verderam, that Mahomes won't say it out loud, but you know he takes receipts. And that Troy Aikman opportunity was there for the take and throws the four touchdown passes. They all go to Kelsey, which by the way, I, if you would have set an, a line for Travis Kelsey to catch four touchdown passes from odds makers, you, you'd own a private Island right yeah. now. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. So kudos to everybody who uh, cashed on Patrick Mahomes over three and a half touchdowns uh, on the day. Uh, and then as far as week six goes, I, there's three games on the board that we'll talk about today that I've, I have already bet. Um, and so far, these some of these early games from our show have been working. We're eight and three so far on the program. So let's might that. as well keep it up. By the way, uh, to that point with, with Mahomes, so he passed Troy Aikman last night in touchdowns uh, for a career, which I, I'm sure he was aware of. Um, yeah, yeah, it didn't come up on the broadcast once, though. No, it Wonder did not. Why. No, it did not. Um, <laughs> But it was funny. So in our Arrowhead Addict uh, podcast room in the pregame, one of our favorite users, uh, Flapjack, he bet $1,000 on Mahomes to throw four touchdowns and won four grand. Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> I was sitting there. Jones. I actually thought about him during the game. They were playing like crap. I'm like, oh, God, this poor guy, right? Like, and then as it started to happen, you're like, he's going to do it. He's going to throw four touchdowns. Four grand gave a really, really, very, very nice super chat. And so we we thank Flapjack for that. He's done it a few times. But yeah, he was man was in a good mood. Um, well, look, I crazy game. I thought the Chiefs would cover. And then you're like, oh my God, they're gonna get beat by a hundred. And then in the middle of the third quarter, I'm like, they're gonna cover. And <laughs> it was just a wild chain of events. Uh, they didn't cover, they did win. Uh, so uh, if you, if you, you know the funny thing is if you teased the game depending on what line you got you might have pushed the total and the, and the the spread. So, yeah, yeah, that was certainly in play. And don't forget too, um, you know, Twitter's a funny place, especially with everybody's reaction all coming in in real time. Um, I think it was uh, Ross Tucker who tweeted out. So who's live betting this? Uh, you know, this this Chiefs game down seventeen nothing. Um, to which immediately right afterwards somebody saw in my timeline. I wrote in grabbing Chiefs plus three live right now. So, yep, it was all part of the plan for last night. All part of the plan. 
Let's get into some of the week six lines, some of the biggest games of the week. Ben, what do you got? So I think the the top two games on the slate clearly are Bills, Chiefs, and Cowboys, Eagles. We we can start with those. I, I think the third one might be up for debate. But obviously a historic number for Buffalo and Kansas City. You know, Verder, you and I were talking about this off air uh, a couple days ago when the original line came out that Buffalo was minus one and a half. It's since moved up to Buffalo minus two and a half. On the road, this is the first time since Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback for a game. Not, not dealing with any injuries because the Chiefs have had three other times at home where they have been underdogs. It's been Matt Moore and um, – and uh, Chad Henney have been the other two guys. This is the first time in Mahomes' career. His, great, he passes Troy Aikman for all-time touchdowns, and yet he has never been a home underdog. It's remarkable. Yeah. So this is the first time it's happening, and the line has since moved in Buffalo's favor. Now, I don't know whether or not that's a response from the wise guys going in on this number early just to try to get it before it moves to three, um, whether or not they think Buffalo's win was just far more convincing that the Chiefs couldn't um, you know, get the number right against the Raiders. But, I mean, it's, it's a matchup clearly that both teams have circled. I, I think the question for me will be whether or not you can trust Buffalo in a projected close game. If you're projecting this game to be close, like a single possession game, right. you have to bet the Chiefs' money line here because Buffalo was 1-7 in seven in the last two years in one possession games. When they win, they beat the hell out of you. And I just I, I have a very difficult time, even with the issues that Kansas City showed last night, I just have a very difficult time envisioning a scenario where Kansas City just rolls over against this Buffalo team. They're, Buffalo's arguably, from a talent perspective, the top team in the AFC, perhaps, in, in all of the NFL. Yep. But the Chiefs are damn good, too. And especially at home, knowing the significance of this game in the regular season, I this isn't going to be a blowout unless Kansas City is looking past it. There's really no reason for them to. If the Chiefs play as well as they did against Tampa, do they win the game? Correct. Do they? Like, I, I'm asking do, if they play against Tampa, if they play the same way against Buffalo that they played against the Buccaneers, do they win the game? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're doing it from from multiple aspects and you're generating pressure. And yeah, Allen's much he's much better than Tom Brady at escaping pressure. It's right. part of what he does. Um, but yeah, a, a, absolutely. Because it, it tells me that you're generating pressure, you're forcing turnovers, you're running the ball well. Um, you're, you're just balanced in, in every single aspect. Like it was a bit concerning for me to see the chiefs with the number one run uh, rushing defense in the NFL get run over last night by, by Josh Jacobs and company. Yeah. Is it a one game? Is it a one-off? I'm not sure, right. but that's going to be something that I think you're going to need to pay attention to, even though Buffalo is very much a vertical team. Right, not if they... yeah. No, but, but Allen could. Oh, Allen, Allen. will for sure. That's but what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. If you can't stop Allen. Right. Right. Devin Singletary is not getting 25 touches. Look, my, my, you know what? But the reason I asked if, if that question, if, like, if they play as well as they played against Tampa, do they win on Sunday? My point is, I think like, everybody's going to look at this past game and go, well, geez, if they play like that against you know the, the Bills, the way they play against – yeah, but that stuff – the NFL is a week-to-week deal. It really is. Like, momentum matters in the sense of, like, if you've won three, four, five in a row, I think that that confidence carries over. Yeah. These two teams are confident. I don't think either one of these teams is lacking for confidence. I don't give a shit that the Chiefs played the way they played against the Raiders. They beat them. Like, the Chiefs played the way they played against the Colts and then came out and just hammered Tampa on Sunday Night Football. It didn't matter. That that would be, if I'm, if I'm taking the Bills' side of this, that's my concern in this game. 
is that Kansas City comes out, and we've seen this as guys who either live in KC or watch this team all the time. You see this with the Chiefs, where sometimes they have these games against lesser teams where it takes them a little while to get going, and then they'll play a really good team, and they just come out like a house of fire from the start of the game because they're focused and they're prepared and they know they need to be, and their game script is one of their better game scripts of the year. I'm not one of these people that believes, like, oh, they played a vanilla game plan just so they could get by. That, that's insane. You don't do that in the NFL. The one thing I do believe, they're going to have 12 or 15 plays in this game they've never run before. They will have a million things for Buffalo that they've never seen. They'll they'll show different – they'll show formations and personnel groupings that Buffalo is going to be like, yeah, we've seen this on tape, and they'll do something totally different out of it. That is where I think this game is going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a very good game. And the Chiefs have one thing against Buffalo that nobody else in the league has. If the Chiefs quarterback plays his best game, he's better than the Bills quarterback. And that's something that nobody else in the league can say. And I think obviously is a huge factor. Yeah. Love that. I just know personally, I am not touching this line. I, I would not touch this. I would put zero money down. I, I think the Bills are slightly ahead of Kansas City just based on what we've seen so far. The consistency of the Bills has been there more. Right, The consistency of Buffalo has shown me more than Kansas City. They've been a little – we've seen the highs, we've seen the lows, and then it comes down to the tackles. I I just – we mentioned it earlier, I just do not trust Orlando Brown Jr. uh, or, you know, Andrew Wiley. He's fine, but I just can't trust those two guys. And Buffalo, if they get pressure, that negates the lack of talent in the secondary, at least based on injuries, for Buffalo. That's fair. Yeah, I, I think both of those lines are compelling. I'll, I'll give you a way, I think, where you can look at, at Kansas City's line and feel confident about it when we go over our, our, our picks for a little bit later on. But to that point, like there were aspects of the Chiefs game that were exposed and they're playing on a short week. So that is something that absolutely needs to be considered yep. heading into this matchup as well. Other game, obviously, that is at the, the top of the list, uh, Dallas and Philadelphia. Philly right now, four and a half point favorite at most sports books against the Cowboys. Dallas, kind of like last year where they started off uh, like gangbusters covering the spread and becoming, you know, even more of a public darling. They're doing it with Cooper Rush. He's continued to be undefeated in his role as the Cowboys starter filling in for Dak Prescott. I know that there have been some initial reports that Prescott could play. I don't think they're going to force him back in, especially with the way that they have been playing. Make sure he's 100% healthy, then ease him back in in that game against the Lions. That makes all the sense in the world to me. I will say this, if you're looking from sort of an outlook and a futures perspective, and I don't think I can pull the trigger on it because I, I still think he's a clown. Um, but if you want to get some big odds on Mike McCarthy for coach of the year. Stop it. Stop it. I, just, if they go on the road and beat the undefeated Eagles and Cooper Rush goes to 6-0, and 5-0 and this year as the Cowboys starter, he will go – probably right near the top of the list from wherever he's at, you know, 18 to one, 20 to one right now. It's, it's purely a value play. And I might throw up all over myself the moment I hit submit because it just, it goes against everything I believe in. But again, you're not betting a team, you're betting a number and the number might move on, on Mike McCarthy this week. Oh my God. Throw five on it. Come on, Ben. Where are the stones? Come on, baby. the, the stones are going to go from, from where they are now, just like right up into my stomach. Cause I'm just going to be punching myself for making that bet. It's a lot of self-hate. It's a lot of self-hate. 
Um, I also I understand. Um, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to take the points in this game. It's a divisional game. We just saw last night a divisional game that everybody was like, the Chiefs are going to win this game by three scores. And then the game starts, like, the Chiefs are down by three scores. And it's just a crap fest all the way to the end. I think the Eagles are going to win the game. But Dallas's defense is really good. And when you have a defense like that, you're going to hang around in games. Four and a half points is a lot of points for two, two good teams. I'm going to take Dallas to cover it. Like, I don't know if Dallas wins. Although, by the way, like I, I, I'm a huge believer in Phillies. This is no disrespect to them. I think the Eagles are really, really good. This is the best team the Eagles have played by a mile. Like, not even close. Think about who they've played to this point. Okay, Jacksonville, Washington. Okay? They, they've played Detroit. They've played Arizona. Like, Dallas is easily the best team that they've seen. So, I... If, you know, Minnesota, you want to make the argument Minnesota? I think Dallas better than Minnesota. Um, this is, to me, a test. Now, I, I think Philly will win, but I think that Dallas will cover the four and a half. It is a lot of points, and your your point about the Raiders and Chiefs divisional game makes a lot of sense. I just think eventually, I, I don't want to keep betting on Cooper Rush. If it's Dak Prescott, sure. But Cooper Rush, he's been fine. Eagles defense is outstanding. You can't play that conservative against Philly and expect to score points. It's going to be a difficult battle for them. I don't see how Dallas scores. The run defense for, for the Eagles, very solid. And then Jalen Hurts has gained so much with his arm. I, I trust him now with his arm as I do with his legs. I, I think Philly wins by more than four and a half, personally. This is this is an interesting line because it's very split. Um FanDuel right now has it at five and a half. Um, There's other books that have it at four and a half. Um, So you could theoretically try to middle this game if you want. Um, But kind of a strange back and forth line with with where betters want to go on this one. I will say this. um, Philly and Baltimore, two of the best first half teams in football. Eagles have had some issues in the second half. So if you're looking for another theoretical play, maybe look at the Eagles – Minus two and a half, minus two. If you want to even take it at minus three, I won't hate you for it. Uh, in the first half of this game would probably be where I'm leaning at least right now. Because that's been a team that has just, you can't stop them in the first half right now. And then they kind of just ease up. Teams could hang around like the Cowboys. Again, good defense. Um, Does that concern and they're going to make adjustments too. What's that? Does it concern you about Philadelphia the second half? Their offense just completely disappears? Yeah. It, it does, but I also think it's a, it's a good game. It's a, it's a good opportunity to make sure that you're taking advantage of the first half, too. There's, there's far too many times where I think coaches save some of their best stuff for later on in the game. Nick Sirianni isn't doing that. He's saying, we're, we're going to go and build ourselves a lead and rely on our defense to, to get stops. But the offense needs to be much better in the second half if we're going to be looking at this team as um, the legitimate consensus favorite to to represent the nfc in the super bowl it's my only concern about him right now because i just feel like at some point you're gonna have a game where your script just doesn't work and you you know you know you don't get up you're down 10 points like then what you know that that's been look and, and this is true by the way you could do this with every team in the league like there's something you could point to right like i think buffalo secondary has it's beat up it hasn't been great but hasn't been tested because they get a ton of pressure the chiefs which I think we saw last night, like that run defense. Like if you got ahead of them, could you pound on them a little bit? You could, 
you could run the ball on him. Philadelphia has been ahead of everybody. If they just get out to these leads, like what happens when they don't? What happens now? Now, to be fair, that happened in the Jacksonville game, and the Eagles were able to respond, right? So you want to say that that's fine. The Jacksonville, I don't think, is good, but the point still remains. Hey, fair enough, right? I mean, they were able to come back. I'm curious against a decent team. Like if they get behind against a good team, can that offense in the second half fire back? Um, I think they can. I think they would. But it's just something to watch since they've been so so mediocre in the second half of these games. By the way, speaking of of, of good defenses in the second half, uh, Buffalo at the top of the list um, yep. as far as uh, you know points allowed in seven. the second half. What's that? They've only given up like seven points in the second half of all these games combined, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buffalo's at the top, followed by Cincinnati, and then the t- the other three teams on this list I think are very surprising. Indianapolis is number three, Denver is number four, and the Chicago Dam Bears number five on that list. I I will say this about Chicago because that's this is all we're going to give them credit for this week, and all we're going to talk about them for this week. They've been a good adjusting second half team. Like they've yeah. made You're right. They've yeah. turned game plans around. Like Justin Fields finished with a better quarterback rating than Kirk Cousins yesterday. And Kirk yeah. Cousins completed his first 17 passes. Like there's good coaching going on in Chicago right now. And it is something worth noting. Wow. Last game on the board that I think if we're looking at it from the biggest games of the week before we talk about our best bets, it's got to be Jaguars and Colts, right? Like you look at it and you want to hold your nose. And again, Ooh. talk about just it feels weird, but this is this is playing for your, your AFC South, isn't it? Colts got to win this game. Um, otherwise they get swept by Jacksonville. That gives them a decisive advantage playing for the division a little bit later on. And I've told this stat before, I'm going to write about it, uh, over at Betside a little bit later. Um, Indianapolis under Frank Reich has won from game six on 64% of the time in weeks one through five in his career, he's below 40%. It takes for whatever reason with all the different quarterbacks that he's had to churn through the first five weeks of the season for them to really start to figure shit out. Again, I don't think it's going to look like gamebusters. Matt Ryan is still old. No, it will not. plenty of flaws. And the Colts offensive line is nowhere near the level that it's been before. But you get Shaquille Leonard back, right? You get Jonathan Taylor likely back. The offense, I think, will look better because you're not going to get shut out again by Jacksonville, who just lost at home to the Houston Texans. Like, there's flaws there. <laughs> Just for the comedic value, I want to see him get shut out again by Jacksonville. I, yeah, I mean, all right. Uh, what is what is the worst movie you've ever seen? Uh Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, wow. I was Sterling is yeah. just beyond Dude. offense. Wow, um, it's a terrible movie. But it was supposed <laughs> to be a terrible movie. That, that's what makes it. It's like saying Pootie Tang's not great. Pootie Tang's a great movie, but it was made to be. Like, <laughs> come on. I I I I couldn't get through it. And even though I knew what it was going in, I, I just it was a disaster. Well, well, this this is the Napoleon Dynamite of games, then because th- this is you couldn't. Well, like, let's make some sweet moolah with Uncle Rico and and take the Colts. Literally, I, by the way, I would take the Colts for the record. Fan sided couldn't pay me enough to sit down and watch this game. Like I, I watch just about every like I will watch whatever it is four or five games on Sunday, and then I'll go back and I'll watch like you know, another five or six games on Game Pass throughout the week. This will not be one of them. This game is offensive to every sense, and that's all I have to say about it. Uh, give me the Colts. I feel dirty. I don't like talking about this. This is stink, Ben. I hate this, but give me the Colts. This is a bad game. 
not 13-6. That was the Jags and Houston Texas game, right? 13-6. Yeah. Feels like that's what this is going to be. Offense is going to come at a premium here. Yeah, it's the corner TV game at the sports book that the degenerate is heavily gambling on. And honestly, I'm that's going to be me. I like I like the fact that uh, Jeremy weighs in is asking, well, if this is the Napoleon Dynamite or the worst movie, what is Commanders and Bears? Um, is that what's what Gili maybe? Is that the Gili of uh, Ooh. Ooh. of uh, Thursday Night football? football? Oh my god! Don't I thought Zohan has to be in there too. By the way, that movie's just horrible. I thought about taking Maisie to this Bears Commanders game because it's like <laughs> well, she she's really getting into football. She's really into it. She was furious. She had to go to bed last night at halftime, the Chiefs game. And so she's like, you better record that game so I can watch the second half. I'm like, okay, I will. So we're going to watch it tonight. But I was like, you know what? It'd be kind of cool. Like, she really wants to go to Arrowhead and see a game. And I'm like, look, I'll take you next year. But, like, right now, like, I, you know, like, whatever. We, we, we're we not going to be able to do this. Like, you know, i got to figure out work and everything else. So I thought about it. I'm like, well, sure, I'm, I'm off Thursday night so I could take her to the game and it'd be something where I'm not screaming at the game. We can just sit back and enjoy it. Like the bears have the audacity to charge a hundred dollars for that game ticket. A <laughs> hundred bucks. Who ain't got anybody who's paying that. It doesn't have like season tickets and is forced into it. Whoever is getting a single ticket to the bears commanders for a hundred dollars. You should do something better for yourself. Walk right into the lake. Who in the world is in on top of that parking and all this other shit they're going to hit you up for? That is that is an abomination. I will not give them that money. And Mason, I'll sit here. I'll watch the Raiders Chiefs again, okay, before I do that. That is horrible. Shame on the Bears. Yeah. Plus, if for anybody that is spending the money, maybe it's because they're concerned that this might be one of the last times they can see a Bears game in the city of Chicago. Before ah, you 20 down. minutes, you're fine. I agree. It should absolutely be the right move. Okay, let's 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 get, let's get to best bets for the week. So we yeah. kind of just talked about it. I I jumped on the Colts money line on Sunday. They're minus one fifteen at the point. They're now minus one twenty five, minus one thirty um, against Jacksonville. Mentioned the stats for for Frank Reich teams. They have the long week. Jacksonville got exposed in a couple of different areas. If Taylor's back, and remember he was not a hundred percent for this game. Also didn't have Michael Pittman missing a lot of guys on defense. Right. Uh, Colts at home at a fairly reasonable number. I, again, I prefer money line as opposed to taking the spread. But as long as you get this number, I think before three, you're probably in good shape here. So go ahead and give me the Colts money line um, with our bet this week against Jacksonville. It seems like everybody's on the same page there. Yeah, I live in sheer terror of this bet. But yes, <laughs> this is the kind of bet that you're screaming at the television for three hours. As Matt Ryan just fires one into coverage in the red zone. But, yes, yeah, we'll, we'll ride it here. Okay. Sterling, you're with it, too? Oh, yeah, I'm riding, baby. Okay, all right. Second one on the board, the Pittsburgh Steelers, fresh off of whatever the hell that was on the road at Buffalo. Was it 38-3? to Yeah. So the, uh, the under 47 and a half uh, hit by plenty despite Buffalo putting up um, 38 points in that game. Um I don't think Tampa deserves to be favored by eight and a half on the road against anybody right now. Even the Steelers team that looked really, really bad. Um, there's still plenty of playmakers on this team that I think will be able to move the ball a little bit better against Tampa. Uh, Bucks were able to escape by a very fortunate call. Um, you can't not put the Falcons away, even though Atlanta's the lone team that's still undefeated in covering the spread. 
I, I think this number is actually going to move in favor of Pittsburgh, who have been much better at home in a lot of these games. They probably should have a second win on the board, if not for the comeback from by, by the Jet side. Again, it's a bad team, but you're betting the number, not the team. An eight and a half at home against Tampa Bay uh, is, is the right number in the right side here. They play made all the way to three points. Right. Playmakers. They're there. Three. They just didn't show up, but they're there. I can't. I can't, man. I can't do this. Okay. This team, the Steelers might not score a point this week. Like I, like on, like if all things are equal, like you know, Brady doesn't like break his leg or something in this game. What, what, honest to God, what do you think the Steelers can get to point with wise in this game? Ten. Yeah. Ten feels 13, generous. Maybe. <sighs> I mean, man, if Tampa defensive, gets twenty defensive points, touchdown, red man on an interception. If, if Tampa gets to 20 points, they cover this. If they get to 23, they might just play taps at the 50-yard line and call it a night. I mean, I, I can't. Like, I, I know where you're coming from, but I feel like this is another. This is one of those classic, like, you take Pittsburgh, and then the middle of the first quarter, you're like, oh, my God. Like, they, <laughs> they can't get a yard. Like, I, I, I can't. I can't go against Tom Brady against what I honestly think is the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah d- double down. I mean, what does Buffalo do well? They get after the quarterback. The offensive line of the Steelers is horrendous. The Buccaneers' front is very solid. Najee Harris has done nothing. The linebacking core for the Buccaneers is good. Yeah, the back four for the Buccaneers isn't great, but the Steelers can't take advantage of that. So it doesn't really matter. It's a wash. And again, I'm with, I'm with Verter. If you get to 20 points, you've already covered, and I expect the Buccaneers to score at least 20. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Split on that one. Final one. Mentioned that, uh, Sterling, you don't love the number for Kansas City right now, but I I think I can get you there with a teaser this week. Take the Packers, who found a way to lose in London to the New York Giants. Um, They're currently seven-point favorites against the New York Jets. You move them down to minus one. They just have to win the game. And then you take the Chiefs, move them up six points from plus two and a half. If you want to, you can even find them at plus three, move it up to plus nine at home against Buffalo. To me, this feels like you're getting both of these teams at really good numbers. Again, we've talked about this situation for Kansas City where if they play their best game, they win the game outright, but you get them past those num- those uh, key numbers of three and seven. And then all Green Bay has to do, especially uh, coming back home from London with a real bad taste in their mouth, yep. go up against a Jets team that I-, I still feel is very fortunate to be in their current situation. I know that I took Miami to beat them last week. I was dead wrong but this does not feel like an opportunistic time to go to Green Bay when everybody is really pissed. Their their run defense is still not good, and you have Aaron Jones and you have A.J. Dillon on the other side that should run circles uh, on this Jets run defense. So go ahead and move those two numbers for me, uh, and let's go ahead and tease those two games. I'm with you 100% on this. Look, I think the Packers are going to roll the Jets. And, you know, the Chiefs, I don't know that I'd be brave enough to take the money in line. So I got to tell you, like whenever – any time in the history of Patrick Mahomes' career when people are like, oh, not going to win this game, like that's when he comes out and goes for 500 yards. Um, but, yeah, I definitely take the teaser because I think it's going to be a really good game. So, yeah, I, I think I, for sure. I, I like that bet a lot. Way to tease me, Ben. I'm in. that. Yes, yes. Throw all of the money down. Not actually because please don't take betting advice from me who's a bad better. But listen to Ben. Ben knows what he's talking about. I'm rolling with you here. All right, let's go and improve. We got eight and three leading into the first, uh, leading into week six. We got three on the board. I know that uh, we're in disagreement on Steelers plus eight and a half, but might as well keep the positive mojo going, boys. We're doing good. 
We're doing no. good. All right. Tell no, the people. Ben's doing good. Come on. Ben, don't give us credit for the rim. Ben's it's, it's doing good. Team effort here. No. We're, we're riding and dying I'll together. Every threat I can get. I got to go on with McMillan every Sunday in the morning. My God. I got to sit there and make all these bets one by one. I can't. This this week I took a bath, I'm sure. Um, thank God I don't actually bet money when I do these things. All right. Um, hi, sir. I know uh, we're hitting the noon uh, noon mark here at Central Time, so we're going to get going here in a minute. What do you have uh, going on at BetSide that people should know about and check out? Yeah, so Major League Baseball postseason is underway. We've got uh, betting previews, props, um, no run first inning, yes run first innings, but whatever you need as far as the postseason is concerned, that's all available at BetSide. Obviously, the Week 6 slate will have you covered as well. The Daily Read right now uh, is live on YouTube where uh, Reed Wallet goes through the college football slate with special guests each week. Check that out once you're done uh, hanging out with uh, Matt and Sterling on Stack in the Box. And I will be on Daily Bet Slip today on YouTube and on socials at uh, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys uh, head out over and uh, give us a follow on Twitter at BetSide as well. Awesome. All right. Great stuff, man. Appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. I'll talk to you on Thursday on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. You got it, man. I'll see you at 11. See you later. All right. That is Ben Heisler, who's on with us every week, graciously. At this point, he's become the third host of the podcast. Appreciate him. Coming in, stopping by, talking uh, talking betting, and hopefully winning some people some money, as, as God knows I'm not doing that. Um, all right, got to get to it. What is the, uh, what is the uh, thing that's going on in your life right now, Holmes? Uh, I finally, finally won our Men's League Basketball Championship. We were the Atlanta Braves of the 90s for so long. Eight straight sessions, eight playoffs, no championships. Finally broke through. And I also basically busted both my calves in that game. There's a reason why I only shoot threes. I'd go for a layup in the second half. Don't worry, I made it. And I came down. Both my calves were just like exploded. I'm sitting here just writhing in pain. We finally held on. We did it. And I had the tiny little medal that I'm pretty sure I already lost. Totally awesome. worth it. Awesome. That's great. It remind, that sort of reminds me of like the uh... – there was a Twitter video years ago of this woman in like a shoe store and she's in these ridiculously high heels and she just, she just bites it. And like her legs twist in a way that is just ridiculous. And so somebody replied, like she just tore every single ligament that ends in a CL. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was like a baby deer falling and like legs just everywhere. Um, I don't know why I made me think of that, but that's where I'm at. So, Two things. One, one. I mean, not serious, but like one funny and one football related. So, my last column, I stacked the box column, the one up Monday morning. I tweeted out today uh, because of the holiday. So, after Russell Wilson's performance on Thursday, I reached out to an NFL executive who's a source of mine I've known for a long time, and I said, "If you were George Payton right now, if you're the Broncos GM, what would you do?" And he didn't send me back words he sent me back a gif of homer simpson retreating into a bush <laughs> it's the best response i've ever gotten from his source didn't say a word just that's all it was and i was like that's perfect <laughs> and then i called him we laughed. I had a good laugh talked about it. but yeah it was it was great i, I led my column with that i hope people go check it out and read it uh like i said it's out on twitter also so thursday night like i said i debated taking macy to the bears game then i was like oh my god i gotta watch this thing Right, like this is my job. I'm gonna watch this. I can't bring myself to do that. There's not enough booze in the world. And then I realized, hockey's back Thursday night. It's the Devils and the Flyers. I'm a huge Devils fan. 
We got him back. Some people are actually picking him to be good. Look, they're the devil, so until they prove otherwise, they stink. But people are predicting good things. That would be great. Uh, the Flyers are predicted to be absolutely atrocious, so hopefully the Devils can get off to a good start. Uh, if there's any team in professional sports I hate more than any other, it's the Yankees and it's the Flyers. So <laughs> the Devils, please beat them. Uh, it's in Philly. So you know what? That'll be what I'm watching. And then after that game's over, I'll tune into the second half of this slop fest in Chicago and whatever the hell happens, happens. Uh, but I am thankful for hockey. Go Devils. Let's have a good year. Boys, when I was a kid, you could just pencil them into the playoffs. You could pencil them into a, every other year to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, and now th- nowadays, I can pencil them into the basement with nothing but shame and regret. Uh, so <laughs> I- I'm really hoping for a good year. Let's get it done. Let's get moving. Hey, I've been to a couple Flyers games, been to a couple of New Jersey Devils games. They're fun. Hockey's awesome. But you being a hockey fan is the least surprising thing I have ever, ever heard, ever seen. It just fits your vibe. But the New Jersey Devils is slightly surprising. The fact it's not New York blows my mind. So quickly, I played hockey my whole life growing up. Like right above my desk in a major, major frame, I have my two high school jerseys framed up. Over. I, I love playing high school hockey. My f- favorite thing in the world that I think I've done in my life outside of having a family. And even that, less stress with hockey. But you know what? That's right. I, I'll take a shot at the wife and kids. It's not a bother. So, Slap shot. That's right. Um, I'm a Devils fan. Ironically, the first year I watched hockey – they won the Stanley Cup, but I actually became a fan of them before. They they had lost a year prior in a brutal goal, the Stefan Mateau goal, which if you're a hockey fan, you know what it is. And I love the Devils' jerseys, the black and the red, and I love the goaltender who was a rookie at the time, Marty Brodeur, who ended up becoming arguably the greatest goaltender ever. His jersey right over the old shoulder there. Um, and then, then they won the Cup the next year. I'm like, I'm in. And I, I, I just love them ever since. Uh, I mean, you know, in where I grew up, you're either you're probably a Rangers fan, um, but if you're not that, like you're probably a Devils fan because I I never knew one person growing up who was an Islanders fan. Like literally, I did not know one human being who rooted for the Islanders until I went to college and I met a handful of them. The Sabers own Western New York, Upper New York, but like where I grew up, I knew one. I had a buddy of mine who was a Sabers fan, uh, but also for me, a lot of my family's from Jersey. My uncle had season tickets to the Devils, so like. Kind of, kind of made it easier. Plus, he just kicked ass, so it was, it was great. But I can honestly say, I got him before they won anything. So I was in on the ground floor. Sure. But then, uh, ten years of just abject bullshit has just dragged me down. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of pain. <laughs> Verderam, not only a Jersey hockey fan, but a Jersey Shore fan. I, I need to see you on the beach out there in Jersey Shore. I, I would not even be that surprised if you had Verderam tattooed on the back of your. I guess you're back. I, I do not. Uh, I am tattoo free. Uh, but uh, one of these days I'll get a hilarious tattoo for the fun of it. Um, ha- we can close on this. Have I ever told you the story about my, my actual like personal connection to Jersey Shore? No. So when I was in college, my senior year, well, the summer before my senior year, I was an intern with the Hudson Valley Renegades, who were, at the time were a short season single A uh, affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays, now they're affiliate of the Yankees. And so I worked at the stadium and this woman was, I believe, I believe she was a ticket taker. I, I could be, I think that's what she did. Um, she was very excited about the show 
and came to find out like she was the mother of one of the castmates. I, I won't say who it was, just you know, but I, she was the, she was the mother of one of these people. And it was like before the show had aired, she's like, I can't wait to watch the show because so and so is on. And, and I'm like, Yeah, right. You know what? This show's going to suck. It's going to be on for five episodes. And yeah, thing becomes huge. <laughs> becomes like one of the biggest shows of the generation. And then on top of that, as an addendum, uh, a little epilogue to this. So years later, of course, I end up meeting my wife. And somehow this show comes up. Actually, I'll tell you how it So. We're, we're talking, and she's trying to find some picture of hers on Facebook from her days in college. And she's scrolling down the picture, like, wait, 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 go back, go back, go back. Like, are you partying with Snooky? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, she came to one of the bars near my college. We went partying. So my wife partied with Snooky. Um, so that this is the Verderam connection to Jersey Shore is, is sad and deeply troubled. But it, but it is a connection nonetheless. Man, right. the fact that you're not roided out right now with a fake tan is it was a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah, when I went, I'm 5'10, 170. Compared to all these dudes who fake tan and are roided out, sorry, it's natural. It's natural. Yeah, yeah, sure it is. Yeah, with all these, again, the amount of names on their back, their last names, what's going to happen? They get too drunk and pass out on the beach, so someone has to find them. Is that what's going on here? I, I did not fit in. Not Jersey Shore was fun. Not for me. I'll, after after this show, stick around. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I, I, I really can't tell on air, but uh, it, it is, uh, yeah, those people are disasters. But they were fun to watch. What a train wreck! <laughs> that was Matt. The situation, Verderam. I am Sterling oh, Holmes. This was Stack in the Box podcast. We are out. <laughs>